Right now, in fair mid-Manhattan, it is 85 degrees. The humidity, 51%. The THI, 77. The wind from the west-southwest at 5 miles an hour. The barometer is rising from 30.15 inches. And the top stories, bus and subway fares to go up to 50 cents on September 1st. Wage freeze goes on virtually all city employees. The Senate passes and sends to the House new strip mine legislation that would impose stiff environmental and reclamation mining controls on all government-owned coal. Congressional action to restore U.S. weapons shipments to Turkey now appears virtually hopeless before Congress planned August recess starting tomorrow. And that, friends, is the 9 o'clock edition of the news. This is John Scott for Lester Smith. Next news as it happens, next scheduled news tonight at 11 over WOR Radio 710, the talk of New York. Now stay tuned for Gene Shepard, coming up next over WOR New York. to give a disclaimer here before we go. Tonight's program contains elements of unbelievably bad taste. So uh, they do not represent at any point the views of the management nor the radio station nor even the performer. Let's face it. The world is in exceedingly bad taste. A good part of the time. Do you agree? Huh? You do agree. Uh, <laughs> have you had the sneaking suspicion that your life is in bad taste? Huh? Uh-huh. Well... <laughs> What, what does that man mean? For heaven's sakes. Uh, well, uh, I uh, haven't done this uh, for some time. I I think it's time now for us to catch up on the straws in the wind. Uh, they're a very important thing in life, you know. Uh, uh, there are little straws at all times that fly through the wind. Now, most people are not aware of these straws, see? In fact, a straw can go right into one ear and right out the other ear of your average guy, and he won't know anything that... He doesn't even know that it's happened. And that's quite logical he wouldn't know, because there's nothing but holes in his mind anyway. 
uh, made by previous straws that have gone right through. And so, uh, you know, he's not going to miss the straw. But it is up to us artists to uh, point out uh, to you what's going to happen in the world as a result of catching a few of these straws. See, I have this straw catcher, which I uh, put out the window here on the 24th floor, and I catch a hell of a lot of them, especially when the wind is blowing in from Jersey. Uh, that's where a lot of the straws emanate from. And, uh, yes, Jersey culture marches forward. And we're proud to announce that uh, there are many, many straws in the wind that have come out of Jersey recently. For example, I'd like to salute the little incident that occurred in Jersey here just a few weeks ago. You might have heard of it, but I'm putting it down here for the record so that a thousand years from now, when they play this tape in an archaeological convention, they'll know what life really was like in this town as opposed to what the official records say it was like. You know that over in Jersey, they got a place called the Archives Storage Corporation, where they store the archives. And uh, it's made out of marble. I mean, the archive storage, not the archives. Uh, although some of them might as well have been. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, they, they store these things, see? And uh, they also have the entire walls of the place are lined with lead. Uh, so that the radioactive uh, bomb that eventually will go off in Jersey uh, will not harm the priceless records that are being kept of our time. Like uh, all the due bills for Macy's, for example, are over there. <laughs> oh, yeah, did you know that this is where they store that stuff? So that the store burns down. They still know who owes them. You know. It doesn't matter. So all these things are being stored over there. But none of the real stuff is being stored, unfortunately, because it's highly perishable what's really happening. I mean, like, for example, I'm just going to give you a little report. You know that right here in this town, there is a hotel where there's a convention going on. because 5,000 conventions are going on at all times. Uh, and I'd like to salute, uh, uh, crime follows the conventions these days. In fact, did you know that just recently in Chicago, a major criminal convention was held? Now, they didn't call it that. They, they had a very fancy name for it. Are you curious what the name was? It was a convention of the clandestine business operatives of America. Clandestine business. Uh, everybody's got to have a fancy name. Uh, you know, I, the other night I was saying to this girl, uh, we're walking around town, and I said, we're, we're living in the only town where a garbage man can earn $18,000 a year. And she says, what do you mean a garbage man? I says, a garbage man, $18,000 a year. Uh, I said, that's what they get here. And there's this guy standing there, you know, he's throwing potato peelings all over the yard. And he's, you know, and I said, that guy, he's probably getting 18 grand a year. And you can't fire him. No way. Look at him. He's pouring garbage on you. And, and at that point, she says, oh, well, that's not a garbage man. I said, what the hell is it? She said, that's a sanitation worker. Oh, I said, I see. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, a rose is a rose is a rose. Uh, the pigeons are walking on the grass again, alas. However, uh, I said to myself, well, that's true. A name is more important than what it describes. And so the clandestine business operatives of America met in convention in a major hotel in, in Chicago, and they discussed various techniques, for example, of uh, wallet removal. Uh, they didn't say pickpocketing. It was wallet removal. And so if you had attended that, uh, that lecture, they had slides, they had uh, lectures by well-known operatives, uh, you know, showing various techniques. They even had live demonstrations. And what was worse, they, they, they started to work on each other before it was over. And, of course, like most conventions, it, it broke up in rancor, uh, drunkenness, uh, 
demands that they do away with various committees and the formation of other committees. Well, every convention these days winds up in Rancor. The International Women's Year wound up with an unbelievable bout of yelling in Mexico City, which was predictable. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's just the way with conventions. But there is a great convention going on here in New York. It's, it's the jewelry convention, you know, all these people. Show. Well, naturally, who arrives for a jewelry convention but all the jewel thieves? And so they're systematically knocking off the exhibitors going from floor to floor. Well, that, again, is predictable. I mean, they're in the same business. After all, they're in the jewelry business. If you're a jewel thief, you're in the jewelry business, right? It's not exactly the same as selling it, but you ultimately sell it. I mean, if you, you know, so yeah, it's just a different kind of jeweler. Now, uh, one of my favorite conventions is right now meeting in New York to little or no fanfare, and it's a shame. It's the International Convention of the Manufacturers of Party Noisemakers. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and, and you know, they have all these hotel suites, you know, you go up there, see, and each room is filled with this, you know, various guys, like the Acme Party Noisemaker Company, which specializes in red, white, and blue horns for the bicentennial. And, <laughs> and they're all in there, yeah, and they're blowing these horns, and it's kind of great, you know, you can go from room to room, and you can hear all the various horns, and the various things, like the, the, the you know, the little kind of thing with the stick on it, and it has a little thing, you, you turn it, and it goes... They, they've got those now that light up. They light up, and furthermore, they can be emblazoned with your own favorite patriotic slogan. Oh, technology is marching forward, and uh, and in uh, the party. No oh, one of my favorite new party noisemakers. Everything today uh, has to have the touch of science about it, or it's not considered official. And there's one guy that specializes in electronic. Yes. Well, electronic computerized noisemakers, which means that you don't know, just come in and, you know, you take a you, you half tank, you know, and you grab the horn and you blow it. Ah, happy new year, you know. Ah, you blow the horn. No way. You can set this thing by, by, by inserting the proper data card. That's important. The word data is very important in our time, see. <laughs> That's one of the magic words, by the way, of our time, data. You don't just say, hey, Charlie, uh, oh, I have a friend. I want to choke this son of a gun. So, you know, you ever had the, the overwhelming desire just to reach across the table when you're with somebody and just grab them by the Adam's apple and choke them? Have you ever had that, 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 that terrible... And you see yourself in your mind doing it. You see yourself just reaching over. Excuse me, uh, would you move your martini a little to the left, Fred? I don't want to spill the martini when I do this. And he says, well, of course. And he moves the martini and says, okay, here I go. <laughs> and you grab him and say... And you just keep holding him until his eyeballs bug out and he slumps lifelessly to the floor. At which point you say to the waiter, would you please take care of the mess? I mean, I don't know what happened to him. I guess it was that last Harvey Wallbanger. By the way, have you, have you uh, noticed that drinks today of that type are getting more and more popular? Because those drinks are designed to disguise the taste of alcohol. Uh, drinks like the Harvey Wallbanger and the pink squirrel, oh, God. Uh, stuff like that, see, are pe people who want to get bombed but don't like to drink <laughs> and are basically you who oriented, you see. But that, I don't want to get into that. You know, that's, that's totally uh, irrelevant to the discussion of the, of, the, uh, of the crime that we're facing today in our lives and the various... Uh, well, there are many, many kinds of crime, let's face it. I mean, uh, one type of crime is the, is the overt crime. 
the other type of crime is the is the totally rotten television show. Uh, this <laughs> that's another type of crime, and I suspect that uh, <laughs> when all these when, can you imagine when when the great day arrives, the classical day of eternal and total justice uh, arrives. You know, and Gabriel blows his computerized noisemaker, and uh, everybody everybody is lined up before the bar of justice. And uh, they got Norman Lear there, and uh, Norman Lear has to answer for a lot of those rotten television shows they've been promoting all over the all over the boob tube. That's a well-named tube. Certainly is. We are being reduced to a nation of boobs, and uh, and uh, you know so what? I mean, if you're going to boob root, you might as well go all the way. I mean, you know, hang around down there and collect Donald, Ronald McDonald glasses, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, do the whole thing. See, <laughs> you know that you can get those glasses now. Of course, it says uh, Mayor McCheese. Uh, every week there's a new glass, and uh, you didn't know that I was aware of all these various twists and turns, the labyrinthine, Byzantine twisting and turning of our culture. How about a little cheer for our culture, baby? Huh? Huh? How about a little cheer there? What do you say? Let's hear it. Like everything else in our culture. It's don't ever close my mic. <laughs> For heaven's sake. I mean, I'm a computerized noisemaker. You're turning me off. So uh, would you please reset that in there? Uh, that chair, like everything else in our society, was canned. Uh, the Johnny Carson Show has been canned since 1967. Didn't you know that Johnny's retiring has been living on the coast of, coast of Portugal now? For all those years. Haven't you noticed that Ed Mc... Ed, Ed Mc... What's his name? Ed Mc... Uh, Ed Mc... Um, uh, Egg, Egg McMuffin? No, no, what's his name? The guy that does the, 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 the dog food commercials on there. Egg Mc... Uh, Egg Mc... That's a funny nickname. I never got the nickname of Egg. Probably his shape, maybe, huh? Egg McMuffin. Maybe it's the his mind. He's an egghead, you know, that... Egg... No, no, where his name is an Egg McMuffin. What is it? It's on the tip of my, uh... I can't remember what it's on the tip of. It's on the tip of, uh, of, uh... Oh, damn it. It's W.O.R. Friends in New York. As if you didn't know, would you please hit the money button? Money, please. The new Los Monte Carlo Hotel is alive with life. Watch the Grand Prix from your terrace. Dine on international cuisine in five restaurants. Enjoy international stars in the Folie Russe Supper Club. Play roulette at the only in-hotel casino on the Riviera. For reservations at Lowe's Monte Carlo, call 586-5099 or the Lowe's toll-free number in your area. Lowe's Monte Carlo Hotel. Carpools make good sense. Not only do they save gas, ease traffic congestion, and help to clear the air, but they make the trip to and from work more enjoyable. If your employer has 500 or more employees at one location and you'd like to join a carpool... Have your personnel officer write to Carpools, New Jersey Department of Transportation, Trenton 08625. Coming on August 4th, a new daytime radio drama series, Faces of Love, the story of young Kate Wakefield venturing for the first time into today's world of confusing freedoms. Faces of Love, one of four new daytime dramas in the Radio Playhouse, starting August 4th at 3 p.m. on WOR Radio. Well, how about Mr. Bond, please? Oh, you get them all set up in a row. We're going to do them all in a row, honey. Okay, right. All right.
In New York, to know men's clothing, you've got to know your bees. A lot of good men's stores begin with the letter B, Jack. Right, Roger, but we believe bonds to be the be-all, if not the end-all, to those who would be wise and be thrifty. Do you out there know that Bonds is perhaps America's biggest chain of stores primarily selling men's fashion? Did you know that Bond stores have their own manufacturing operation in America's number one city for fine tailored clothing in Rochester, New York? Did you know Bonds buys over a million yards of fine fabrics each year from such great mills as Burlington, Daring Mill? Did you know that Bonds employs over 4,000 specialists in the marketing, making, tailoring, and fitting of men's clothing? Did you know that Bonds sells more leisure living clothes and furnishings than almost any other men's store you can name? I didn't even know that. Did you know the new Bonds prices on even the finest fall vested suits will not exceed $150 and many will be as low as $125? Did you know the new Bonds has stores in 80 American towns and cities with 21 in this area alone? Price or location, the new Bonds is where you live, believe me. Believe Roger, he knows his beats. I love the sea, especially the Caribbean. But I didn't know a cruise was the best way to enjoy it until now. I'm George Flipson, and what changed my mind is Norwegian America Line. Starting September 14th, the Norwegian-registered Saga Fjord will be cruising to the Caribbean from Port Everglades, Florida, with the sort of first-class service you may have thought went out a long time ago. Well, there's a, a touch of yesterday on Norwegian America Line, a feeling of being a special guest in the grand European manner. There's much to do if you want it, yet the pace is elegant and hurried. You'll have time to savor the air while feasting on gourmet delicacies. At last, there's a Caribbean cruise that gives you everything you expect and something extra you'll find only on Norwegian America Line. Cruise with Norwegian America Line from Florida. They'll pay your one-way economy airfare or a $50 bonus if you live in Florida. Call your travel agent for a touch of yesterday today. Now, does it occur to you that George Plimpton is getting more precious by the moment? Oh, yes, he's getting so precious. It's so kind of nice to hear George on there, you know. Uh, in fact, I say George is getting so precious that within a few years, he's liable to just disappear in a cloud of faint purple perfume. And, uh, <laughs> oh, it's a kind of a pretty picture, isn't it? And then he will eventually, you know, that's, uh, that's Plimpton land, we call that. It's kind of nice. You know, it's like uh, Oz and Dr. Seuss, all those various other places. Yes. Oh, uh, you don't know who Plimpton is? You do. He's the inventor of the dirigible. You know him. Right. Uh, while we're on the... <laughs> no, that's Mr. Blimpton invented that. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you know, speaking of uh, of uh, of great conventions now, I, I as long as we're talking about the culture of our time, you know, summertime is the time for conventions. This is... Uh, why uh, Why they have them in the summer, you know, then you can drop uh, bags, plastic bags of water out of the hotel windows, you know, and that doesn't work so good in the winter. But uh, nevertheless, uh, this uh, noisemaker convention, I just wanted to report one thing about the noisemaker convention. They now have available at the noisemaker, of course, there's a smaller convention going on with it, and it's the party artifacts department. Uh, for example, like placemats. Do you know that what's getting to be a very big thing now is the obscene derogatory uh, place setting in the placemat. 
So, uh, so for example, if the <laughs> yeah, didn't you know that? Well, you remember a few years ago when the obscene uh, Christmas card was the big deal. That kind of disappeared. Now we're going back into the late 1890s now, and the the Grandma Moses Christmas card has come back. But now the the, the world of pornography does not stop. Once, even when it goes out of style, it's going to stay in there. It's uh, perpetual. So now uh, obscenity has entered the placement department. And the favor, party favors, is kind of nice, you know. And incidentally, some of them are available for parties uh, for children between the ages of five and nine. And that's under the general heading of uh, sudden and unbelievably traumatic sex education. So uh, when the kid gets a completely erotic party favor, says, Mama, what's this? Uh, Mama, if she's enlightened, of course, will not only uh, tell the kid what it is, but show him how it is used. At which point, uh, you know, that's part of the educational scene. Oh, yes, very, very educational-minded people today. But the obscene placements are kind of great. For example, you can get one that says, and, and the names are imprinted right on them. You can order them from the, from the uh, Laugh-A-Minute placemat company. And uh, <laughs> it's spelled L-A-F-F. A, you know, with a little umlaut, minute is M-I-N-I-T. And that's laugh, see, so Laugh-A-Minute. Okay, so uh, when you uh, you can order these things, see, so it says Ernie is a horse's behind, and uh, they chose a big horse's behind. He sits at his placemat there, and it's great, really. Oh, you're just gonna die laughing at that, see. And he has a mug that comes with it. It's a little mug that's made of plastic, of course. It's made in the shape of a horse's behind, and he can drink his Harvey Wallbine, have banger or, or binder, whatever it is, out of that, see. And so it's going to be a big, wonderful party season. <laughs> and you can get other placemats that are more explicit than that, uh, for those of you who are truly liberated and enlightened. In fact, you know that they have, they have orgy kits now, uh, which, uh, well, people throw different kinds of parties than they used to. Uh, you know, the uh, evolution of society brings about changes, friend, even if you haven't changed. And so the parties are now very different than they used to be. Like, for example, they used to have a Valentine's Day party. You remember those? When people would pin the tail on the donkey, right? Well, now uh, they have the same game, but you're not pinning the tail on the donkey. I will not uh, describe to you what they do pin on, uh, but it's, it's a fun game, and uh, it's all part <laughs> of, the, of the brave new world of, of, uh, of party favors. I'm just bringing you this as a public service. Uh, yes, this is the kind of stuff that Walter Cronkite never mentions, and uh, none of the stuff has appeared in the New York Times. Of course, their, their, their slogan is all the news that's fit to print, and uh, I can understand why they've... Uh, another thing you can get now, do you know that you can get... Uh, you can get... Uh, I I don't want... No, no, I better not. It's a, no, 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 no. There are certain uh, even even I won't pass certain boundaries. No way. No, no. Uh, by the way, speaking of great moments and passing boundaries, I, I'm pu I'm putting this into my vast file. Shepard, by the way, is compiling his own uh, his own time capsule. Do you remember when they when the World's Fair opened out here in '64? Do you remember that they buried a time capsule? Yeah, yeah. It's out there in Flushing somewhere where the time capsule was buried. It's probably been vandalized. Uh, <laughs> if I know anything about flushing. However, uh, come on, fellas, uh, if, you, if you've missed that, get over there. It's buried right out there. There's great stuff in there, like there's a microfilm of the Beatles in there, all that other good stuff, you know. 
But never, yeah. Oh, now, now watches twenty eight thousand are going to go there. Uh, but uh, <laughs> isn't it silly? Sad. Uh, the boobs are with us. God, mention the beetle, beetles and they fly out of the weeds like earthworms after a rain. Hello, Taz. Hello, hello. Yeah. All right. Now I want to. I want to get back though. Uh, our intercom system here is falling down. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, there it goes. Star Trek moves forward. But uh, I want to uh, want to you know go on record as saying though that uh, I personally am combining my own time capsule because I think the stuff they put in time capsules is really dull. You know, like a picture of John Lindsay cutting a ribbon. You know, that's going to go over big, you know, 2,000 years from now. And they say, what the hell, who is Lindsay? You know, they won't know. That's right. It's hard to believe they won't know who that is, you know. 2,000 years from now. You don't think for a minute 2,000 years from now they're going to know, uh, really, they're going to know who Abby Hoffman was? Are you kidding? Half you don't even know who he is now, you know. There you are. Well, you do. That's because you're old. Old and weasoned. But uh, in the mind, anyway. So, uh, no... We'll give you a test. We'll give you we'll give you an instant obsolescent test. You want to you want to have an instant? All right. Anybody who remembers who Paul Krasner is, raise their hand. Anybody who remembers the realist, raise your hand. All right. Anybody who remembers uh, you remember? Okay, that's one point towards total obsolescence. All right. Uh, anyone uh, anyone who remembers who who uh, now come on who uh, come on. Who uh, Hayden was? Tom Hayden. You you remember? Oh, you're beginning to grow moss. Uh, you remember who Tom Hayden was? Okay, uh, raise your hand. Anyone who remembers? Now, come on, get get your hands up there. Get ready to raise your hands. Anyone? <laughs> these are these are all obsolescent tests. Anyone who remembers Tiny Tim? Right. Uh-oh. You're beginning to show it now. You're beginning to disappear. That's that's obsolescent. Anyone? Or, okay. You want uh, you want some more? All right. Uh, you ready out there? Everybody's ready. Everybody's sitting up now. Because when you're obsolete, you know, you begin to slump. Now everybody's sitting up. Okay, right? Uh, anyone? <laughs> All right. These are all these are all marks of, of advancing obsolescence. If you actually remember these various people, anyone who remembers, all right, I'll give you a test. In, in addition to that, a a, a, a curious middle aged lady who was for a brief moment the rage and appeared on all television shows singing her silly soporific songs. Mrs. Miller, who remembers Mrs. Miller? Even Mrs. Miller doesn't remember Mrs. Miller, but you do. So that means that you have out of out of four possible negative asterisks after your name, which shows that you're growing. You have four already. That's really sickening. All right. <laughs> no, you're really showing some terrible things. I mean, no, this is a bad, 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 awful. Uh, do you re any, uh, do you remember Vaughn Meter? Well, see, uh, I think the reason Pat doesn't remember Vaughn Meter is that Pat doesn't remember anything, actually. Pat, uh, I've noticed from working with her here, she doesn't remember... <laughs> Pat's our engineer tonight. She hasn't remembered a cue yet, and I've told her... Uh, so you're... you're, uh, you're, you're excuse, no, you're a perfect person of today. You must understand that the perfect human being in the, in the age of total media 
has a, roughly a 30 to 40 minute memory span. No, this is very good because anything beyond 30 minutes becomes another magic thing called nostalgia. So, if we sit around, we'll say, hey, do you remember the good old days? Do you remember the wonderful garbage strike? <laughs> That's nostalgia, see, that people have garbage strike parties where they all sit around and throw garbage out of the window. You know, that's called uh, the Manhattan Mail Express. But uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't like to burden you with the... Yeah, nostalgia has become... See, the time span has become narrower and narrower between the now and the golden yesterday. Now, this is brought about by, I say largely, uh, DJs on what we call the acne stations. There is a whole group of radio stations called Acne Rockers. And uh, did, did you know that they're called ARs in the business? That's called acne rockers. That's right. That's what they're referred to. And so great crowds of acne-ridden people are uh, listening to these stations at all times. And it's not at all unusual uh, for a, uh, a, a, a DJ, for example, to come out. Give me, can you give me a little echo chamber? One, two, three. Because they all have echo chambers on them. Hello? Hello, one, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah, here he goes. Hey, this is Big Daddy, and now let's go back to the old and goldie. Let's go back to memory trail. Back to last December, way back to 1974. Take you now, memory lane. Okay, that's called memory lane. Last December. Now, uh, <laughs> so the old and goldie world has brought time into the compression chamber which means, ultimately, that uh, people will say things like this. It's got to happen, see, ultimately. Uh, the, the DJCR, we're all ready. Hey, it's your woman, Jack, taking you back to last Wednesday, way back in them old days. He's taking you back to last Wednesday, back in the old days, when this tune was popular for 12 minutes. And, uh, <laughs> and so the time compression... Has, 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 has compressed all these things into almost mini-seconds. As a matter of fact, it's compressed careers uh, in the same way. Do you know that, the, that I met a guy in the, in the elevator here the other day, sad guy, because it's terrible to know that your career hit its peak the middle of, the, of one week in November in 1974, and you were popular till Monday of the following week. And, 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 and during that brief moment, this guy was on the Merv Griffin show. He was on the Johnny Carson show. He was on all the charts. He was, <laughs> he was twice nominated for president among fan clubs. And it was all over by Wednesday when another guy superseded his popularity and he's never made it back. He is, he, his, his popularity was so fast that uh, he has, there's no nostalgia even about him. You have to be popular at least a minimum of six days to be remembered by your fans. <laughs> a minimum of six days. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, you're, the fan of today is tomorrow's scoffer. Uh, so you've got to remember that. So, uh, so the, the, the people who were wildly out of their mind, out of their birds, see, let's say, uh, great fans of uh, Joni James. Uh, do you recall Joni James? That's right, you won't. Because jo uh, Joni James, <laughs> Joni James was popular the month you were asleep. So, uh, Joni, <laughs> Joni, <laughs> 
Now, now all these people, see, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to have a, a, a fantastic convention of people that were popular, uh, you know, people that were popular for roughly a month. They were national names, and they were on all the charts, as they call them. They were on all the charts for one month, and now they've been hurled into obscurity. And they're not even part of, of nostalgia. Now, I just said Joni James. You know that Joni James, for years, was the top record seller for MGM Records? Did you know that? You don't even remember. That, that's called total obscurity, okay? So uh, we would have... <laughs> sure, we would have this great convention, see? And it would be presided over by Frankie Avalon. And, uh, and, and uh, or Paul Anka, see? They would, they, would, they, would, they would have this fantastic convention. Tiny Tim would give seminars in how to live when you're out of out of style, you know, how, how to make things do by playing your old records, you know, and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, no, these are, these are all, these are things that, that you just have to face. I mean, uh, that we are living in the days, you know, everything is disposable today. Remember that. Totally disposable. And what's the most disposable of all in our life today is your own life. See, because if you continue to collect your life, you are reminded of the fact that you are no longer beautiful 14. In other words, the worst thing that can happen in our society is getting older. Now, that means that if you remember last Wednesday, that actually means you're a week older. So you don't remember any of these things. And uh, whenever you're questioned, don't... Oh, yes, I've, I've walked right up to people on the street, and I said, uh, Hey, uh, fella, Leo Day, for example, I did this in the full of nuts. See, I pull these obsolescent tests on friends of mine. Like I walk up to the guy, you know, I'm sitting there, we're, we're both having this uh, chocolate brownie scene, and I said, hey, Chuck. And he says, yeah, yeah. I says, hey, Chuck, do you remember the Vietnamese War? <laughs> what? No. Vietnam, what's that? Well, instantly I know that he is not obsolete. See, he's a now person. He does not remember the Vietnamese War. That's something that his father remembers, he likes to tell you that. See, his father remembers that. <laughs> Everybody's father is reputed to have a memory that goes back to the Boer War. It's only the now people who have trouble remembering. You know, if you say to them, uh, hey, uh, do you remember uh, when Nixon was, was uh, being elected? I've actually had people say, Nixon, Nixon. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. See, these are all nostalgic. Speaking of great nostalgia, who remembers among you today? Who remembers? Raise your hand. Who remembers John Dean? You do. Uh-oh. John Dean has been out for over four months. John Dean is, is, is a, he's, he's there with Tiny Tim. That's right. Be careful. Be careful. By the way, do you know that over in the Bronx there's a place called the Memory Erasure Exercise and Study Group? which means it's a group devoted to actually forgetting things. Used to be, you know, they used to have memory courses. Now you have to have forgetting courses. Because, uh, yes, because uh, <laughs> if you start having a good memory, you're liable to have a past. And if you have a past, that really says that you're not a now person. And that's all very, very important today. You gotta keep, for example, uh, how many of you remember, how many of you remember when uh, when Mayor Lindsay was running for president. Uh-oh, three hands went up, and one of them says, Who was Mr. Lindsay? I see. All right. <laughs> All right. 
All right. How many... Uh, uh, here's, a, here's a great question for you. How many of you remember Mike Quill? Now, that shows you're a real New Yorker. Mike Quill, if you remember Mike Quill. Oh, well, Mike Quill was in charge of all the strikes. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you see, back in the days when, when strikes had a certain amount of style to them, today they're just a bunch of mad-looking people who keep saying, they ain't going to push my union around. You know, that, you know, that's no style. You know, stuff like, uh, you know, the come on, you know, there's always some guy who is being interviewed by somebody named Roger Skibbenis, and uh, he, keeps, he keeps saying things like, the, the, the union leader keeps saying things like this, I don't understand why in this society, why my group of guys who are in charge of replacing all the pinpoints in a postal department, a very important and essential function to the well-being in this city, why we should be the only one that doesn't get a 74% raise and a nine-week vacation in spite of all the work we've been doing for the city for all these years. And we are going to cut off all services by next Wednesday, and this ain't an ultimatum, it's just saying what we're going to do, right? Okay. And you say, oh, come on, I wish it was a little style. Now, here's the way Mike Quill did it. You want to hear Mike Quill? Uh, in fact, Mike Quill, when interviewed, was told that Mayor Lindsay had made a statement that said that they weren't going to get what they demanded. And here's what, the way Mike Quill handled it. You get a little echo chamber this season because this is out of the past. He says, you mean to tell me this man named Lindley? Lindley, is that his name, Lindley? Lindley has the temerity to tell all the workers under my elegant union that they are not going to get the very, very, very minimal demands which they have placed on this, this great and wonderful city of ours. Uh, Lindley has made some statements which make no sense to me, sure in Bigora. Yeah, it was just great. He, he always pretended he couldn't remember the name of the mayor which I thought was a magnificent put-down. <laughs> now, you just can't imagine Victor Gottbaum with that kind of imagination, you know. Hey, uh, this guy, uh, what, what's this guy's name? Shmeem, uh, the little guy that come in there. Uh, he come on. I don't know who this guy is. He comes in and he says, uh, you know, it's just, you got to have style, friends. And uh, speaking of style, let us now sing our national anthem, please. Uh, get it ready in there. It's the General Tire commercial. You... Don't remember that company, do you? Please hit it. Sing it out now, gang. Sing it out, please. Sing it out. I say, sing it out. Stand up proudly. Someday you'll own. I say, someday you'll own. I say, sooner or later you'll own generals. Yeah, yeah. General Tire does not claim that its tire experts have all the answers after that for simple corporate modesty. <laughs> but they could tell you what kind of tires you should buy. And guess what kind of tires they are. Of course, General Tires. Now that's an expert for you. He knows where his bread is buttered. However, uh, you'll find General Tires are listed in the yellow pages of your phone book. And you just let your old fingers do the walking, and they'll walk right to the General Tire headquarters nearest you and sing. Sing it out, yes. I say, yeah. Sooner or later, you'll own generals. When you are the one, you are the one to count on. 
Since 1842, Schaefer has always been the one to count on. Schaefer has the rare quality of flavor that never fades. Schaefer is the one that always delivers. Today among America's great premium lagers, the one that came first is still the one. Schaefer, the one that comes through beer after beer. When you're really tying one on. All right, uh, let's see here. One beer and a half. I, mean, I, I just thought of a terrible cartoon. It's this guy laying in the doorway, see? And if one shoe is off, you know, and he's just laying there, uh, you know, and the rain is coming down, and he's surrounded by 17,000 empty Schaefer bottles. La da da dee 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 dee. <laughs> oh, you got it! Oh, Splendido. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, we have a couple of others here we have to do here. Should George Wallace be president of the United States? Maybe the real question is whether George Wallace can be president of the United States. In this week's Village Voice, writer Ann Pincus reports exclusively on the shocking state of Wallace's health. And uh, this exciting article, I mean, you read all about his bouts with pain, the drugs he must take. It's a grim, hard-hitting, exclusive report on one of the most controversial figures in American political history, George Wallace. He won't be remembered ten years from now. They won't remember any controversial figures. For God's sakes, you mean to tell me you never heard of Aaron Burr? Yeah, he was controversial. How about Alexander Hamilton? He was, too. You know that he wanted to have us go back to being having a king? Oh, yeah. Did you know that? Alexander Hamilton was in favor of making George Washington king of the United... That that sounds funny. What, you mean you don't know this history? It's the truth. And uh, that was the big battle between Hamilton and... Yeah, that's all right. This this week's voice. Don't worry. I'll get it. All this, this exciting material about Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr is in this week's Village Voice at your newsstands now. Controversial character. He, he won't even be an asterisk at the bottom of uh, of uh, political history. See, see, I tell you, I think that man is very egotistical about the time he lives in. In other words, we always like to consider our time as a pivotal time in history because you don't want to like the, you know, who wants to believe that he's living in one of the dullest times in history? <laughs> you know, and just 20 years from now, it's going to be get excited, exciting, and you won't be there, see. Or 100 years from now, that's going to be the most fantastic time. Or 500 years ago, it was fantastic. It's only now that's blah. So you got to pretend. Most fantastic, hard-hitting article. All right, uh, enough of this. The Stratford-upon-Avon Hilton in the heart of English Shakespeare country. What is this? Offers the best in British hospitality. Here's PR for a uh, Stratford-upon-Avon Hilton. Convenient to the Royal Shakespeare Theater, Shakespeare's birthplace, and Hathaway's Cottage and other points of interest. You can dine with Elizabethan gusto in the hotel's fine restaurants. Yes. The Hamlet Room, where they serve bitter gall and taverns before and after the theater. For reservations <laughs> at the Stratford-upon-Avon Hilton, call 594-4500. 
And when the voice answers to be or not to be, you'll know. That's right. He's like, to be or not to be. Are you going to pay your bill or aren't you? New York City can boast of many different and unusual restaurants. But if you're looking for a truly unique dining experience, that's a Japanese word with a Q there, one that combines delicious food with a warm and fun-filled atmosphere, get over to Benihaha of Tokyo. They serve steak, shrimp, and chicken. Benihaha. It's nothing short of delightful. And their address is 56 between 5th and the Avenue of the Americas, better known as 6th Avenue among the Cognizanti, and 15 West 44th Street just off 5th Avenue. There, we've done them all. That's what's important about radio. Do the commercials. Bring it up, please. Hey, you're a little early, aren't you? Well, that's all right. I'll fill for four or five minutes. It's okay. It doesn't matter. You want me to fill for a week or two, huh? Oh, I was going to tell you what, what uh, I'm going to put into my, uh, into my, my uh, time capsule, right? Yeah, well, I, I mean, here's, this is going in here right now. It, it says so much about our life. It's a picture. It's a big national picture. It was in all the newspapers of a lady, and she's got a jar of mayonnaise open before her. You know, she just bought the jar of mayonnaise, and I would like to salute her tonight. It says, Mrs. June Crowder was jarred a bit Friday when she opened the mayonnaise, and right there on top of her new jar of mayonnaise, right at the top of that nice new, you know, how mayonnaise looks so great at the top, it's all swirled and all that, she opened up the jar of mayonnaise, and staring out at her out of her jar of new mayonnaise was a hazel-colored glass eye complete with uh, red veins, a glass eye, looking up out of a mayonnaise jar. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, uh, she plans to have the mayonnaise company, we will uh, delete the name to preserve the guilty, the mayonnaise company officials look into the problem, find out who's slipping glass eyes into the mayonnaise. <laughs> that doesn't say, I'll tell you, Salvador Dali couldn't have done better. You know, a mayonnaise with an eye staring out of it? That's, that's not surrealism, that's realism. Uh, that goes into our vast file of trivia to be saved for the 29th century, so they'll know what life was like in our time. Yeah. This is WOR New York. You stay tuned for In Conversation, okay?